the Workforce Connections podcast, where we discuss workforce development in Southern Nevada. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome to the WC podcast, where we explore workforce development issues in Southern Nevada. Today, we have a very special guest. Mark Douglas is the president of Equus, who is one of our partners in our system. So we're going to sit down with him and explore all about Equus. Mark, thank you for being on our podcast. Looking forward to talking to you. Yeah, I think uh, I want to dive right into a lot of people don't know Equus because it was formerly known as Rescare, formerly known as Arbor, and who knows before that. But um, I want you to tell us who is Equus and what do they do across the nation? Sure. So Equus, Equus Workforce Solutions, we're part of a company called Bright Spring Health Services and with partnered with Pharmerica. Um, Across the country in 50 states, you have Bright Spring Health Services doing residential home care. We're also a pharmacy. Um, we're also doing hospice services. But I'm fortunate enough to lead the Equus brand, and we're in 35 states, Puerto Rico, Virgin Islands. And we really exciting news. We have an acquisition that we closed this summer for Agilic, which is headquartered in Ontario, Canada, providing services all across the, the country of Canada. So... Lots of exciting things going on for, for us here at Equus and then here locally with you. Yeah, a lot of people, uh, me included, thought that uh, Equus or formerly ResCare only did, uh, we owe a Title I adult dislocated uh, worker and youth contract. Then I found out maybe some TANF work as well. And so in this uh, workforce world, you've described the peripherals that I didn't know about, the work that you do, but inside this one-stop system, this WIOA one-stop system, what do, what do your uh, projects look like across the nation? Is it mostly WIOA Title I, a good balance? We're about 70% Title I, um, but we also do the TANF programs like you, you mentioned. Um, we're also a Job Corps Center operator, so that's direct contracts with the Department of Labor. We also have a Department of Labor apprenticeship intermediary grant that we're doing with them. Um, so it really depends on where we are. You know, it's a lot of custom solutions depending on local need. It's always important to remember that we are the local partner that brings national solutions to really look for the opportunity for people to to really take some of the best practices or some of the things that, that we've been fortunate enough to test in other places and then customize those for local solutions. Yeah, I, I, uh, I agree. I think that's where a lot of the value proposition from your organization comes from, the fact that you have a national perspective. You're able to uh, test things in different places because not every place is the same here in our United States of America. But as you talked about 35 states, um, you know, one of the things, I, I know there's many uh, counties, if you will, in, in the state, but how... Uh, what is the one time I heard a, a figure that you guys have almost half of the uh, Title I contracts across the nation? Is that figure close? Is that accurate? Do you know? Uh, I don't measure myself that way. I don't. I wouldn't know if we have half. I don't. I don't think we really have half. You know, when you think about the differences to the states, the difference to the counties. Um, but what I will tell you is, I'm really fortunate to have 105 funding partners across the country. And they all bring unique needs from their communities. They are all looking to better, you know, the futures of the people that, that they serve. And so if it's the Title I program and adults dislocated, you know, even out of school and in school youth, you know, that, that's one population. But, 
you know, you go to other states and they bring in the TANF program. So you have people that are on cash assistance or food stamps. Um, it really can, can be comprehensive. And I think it, it speaks to, you know, what you're trying to accomplish here, being across, across Las Vegas and in the county to make sure that you're reaching into the communities that, that need the help. And that's, you know, some of the innovation that you're bringing that we're really fortunate to be able to participate with. Well, we're happy that you have chosen to be our partner here as well. Uh, the pandemic really changed uh, realities uh, across the nation, including here in Southern Nevada. We were one of the regions uh, most impacted by the pandemic. Our workforce, at one time we had a 35% unemployment rate. The strip was shut down. And so what are, uh, what are the challenges you are seeing when it comes to workforce development post-pandemic? And how is Equus preparing to address those challenges? So this would be a great opportunity for me to recognize the 3,000 people that I work with that, you know, 18 months, 19 months ago when, when everyone said, hey, we, we have a problem, you know, there was, there was no, no real understanding of what taking a bricks and mortar operation across the country and turning it into remote and virtual and then having some combination of staying open. And so about 30% of, of all of our operations stayed open the entire time. Others are still closed. We have, now we really have what I call a hybrid model where, you know, you can do workshops virtually, you can train virtually, but there's still a population of people that need that hands-on services. And so, you know, working with, with all the locations to really find out what makes the most sense in a community and what makes, what, what can we do to be safe and how, how can we be in the office safely but still deliver services to, you know, what, what is going to be somewhere around 2 million people this year. Uh, Mark, today, a lot of employers are struggling to, to find workers. And uh, the, the, the commentary is, you know, there's multiple factors. The most talked about one is, of course, the extension of the federal unemployment benefits. But we know also that the pandemic really had a huge effect on the child care infrastructure in our nation. So a lot of families don't have what they had available before anymore. Uh, but there's also a very still real uh, fear of COVID. Some people still see the variant as a huge issue uh, for returning back to work. Uh, we just as a nation still haven't cleared this thing that we that has got uh, in front of us. So what are some of the uh, new important issues you see in the labor market uh, because job seekers are just looking at jobs differently now. What, what have you heard from your team? So we spent a lot of time this spring reading the articles that I think have framed a lot of people's perspective is, you know, ex unemployment, extra unemployment, enhanced unemployment, whatever, you're, whatever term you're putting on it, um, you know, that had an impact. It, it probably saved people's lives. It probably allowed people to, to bridge the unknown, um, but it's time to get back to work. And we talked about, you know, people making new career decisions and where are they going to go back to work? Um, and we, were, we talked about turnover. and We really did some explore, explorative conversations about that. And where we've landed is, is you really need to give thought to being the employer that people want to work for, is that, you know, it, the like going virtual, we never thought we would have to, and we had to solve for that. Um, you have to be able to be open safely, so you have to be able to communicate that. You have to really evaluate what are the roles 
and and what makes those jobs great jobs you know and and i don't think when we had two percent unemployment and hey everybody's you know flying high as an employer that we were always as conscious of that as we need to be and so really looking at benefits that are offered looking at flexible pay rates you mentioned child care there was an article in reuters this morning about the child care industry and I don't think we fully appreciated how much we rely on our schools being open. Um, how many of our employees, you know, part of their daycare solution is that their their little little people are in school, and you know when they get into you know those middle grades, you know they need to, they need somewhere to be. And then high schoolers, you know they they're experiencing a whole new type of environment where you know hybrid and virtual. And, it, you know, the media is, is not helping us today talking about, you know, should we be in schools or shouldn't we? We need to get, get away from that and really talk about how do we do it safely? What precautions do we need to take? And then translate that to our employees and make sure that we're thinking about it the same way. And, uh, Mark, earlier you mentioned um, innovation, and um, we sure uh, strive here uh, to be – innovative and how not only do we serve people, but also how do we uh, share our story? And that's what this podcast is all about, uh, you know, trying to really um, be uh, comprehensive in our approach to to how we tell our story. And so uh, can you share, uh, I know you have many projects across the nation, but is there one or two that come to your mind as maybe something that is very innovative and that you're very proud of and, and, and it's happening right now somewhere with Equus? Um, I don't know how innovative it is. I, it was built out of need. In San Diego County, we are providing sheltering services for people that, that are positive for COVID. Um, they're living in, in hotels. They're isolating in the hotels. And that, you know, think of your first responder who gets uh, full exposure and can't go home to, to their small apartment and would put their family at risk. So the County of San Diego came up with a solution for that as well as at-risk residents of the county. It also is partnered with um, unhoused residents of the county that we're allowing them by virtue of the county contract to live safely in a hotel. Um, they're being stabilized and while they're on a list for permanent housing. Um, when they asked us to do it, you know, you, you had no idea of where we were gonna be. Um, as of Monday, we had almost a thousand people sheltering in, in hotels keeping people safe. And so that team of nurses and security guards and counselors, you know, going into the community, making sure that people are safe, you know, that, that is really something that I never thought I would do in my career. Um, and when you think about it, you know, what better way to, to invest in a community than what they've done? And they really have, you know, found some real best practices about stabilizing people that, that are unhoused giving them an opportunity to get permanent housing. And it, where that translates to eventually is a jobs program, getting the, you know, once you're stable, then you can really talk about, you know, what's next. And that's, that's what my career has been about. It's what the people that I get, get to work with has been about. And it's been really exciting to see it turn from, hey, two weeks, 10 days in a hotel into a program that, that I really think is going to be something we can talk about, you know, going forward. That is wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. I uh, I want to thank uh, you and your organization because, as uh, we were mentioning earlier, we have been in an evolution process as well. Uh, a little over four years ago, we went down 
a route of partnering with our public libraries to to bring the one-stop system closer to where people live and work. And since then, we have locations in four library districts here in, in, in Southern Nevada, the Lost City Las Vegas, North Las Vegas, Henderson, Boulder City, and unincorporated Clark County. And so, uh, and that goes as far as Mesquite and Laughlin, which are two hours away from here. And these are places that didn't have one-stop services before. And since then, uh, this model has expanded to chambers of commerce and uh, actually uh, municip- facilities for the municipalities themselves. We're about to open uh, one-stop centers focused for employers at City Hall and, and Henderson in North Las Vegas. And so it, it, it's all meant that we are uh, deferring infrastructure costs now up, approaching three-quarters of a million dollars uh, in facilities that we don't pay for because our partners – uh, cover that cost. And what that means is that we can spend an extra $750,000 or so on serving more uh, job seekers and small businesses. So again, you have been, uh, Equus has been uh, our partner for the Title I ADW or Adult Dislocated Worker Contracts and helping us make that happen. So thank you. Well, your tagline is people, partnerships, and possibilities. Um, I can tell you that some of those things that you're doing, you know, if you can go permit to employer services to working, um, what a better deal for an employer than that. And, you know, I don't, I don't think you've really hit your stride with that yet because you're not in every municipality. But I know once that that really starts to, to take off, you know, and someone that wants to start a business has to have employees. And you've really found a way through your community partners to say, all right, You've come in, you've gotten your permit, you want to open that business. We'll now talk to this employer services person about how you list the jobs and get the talent in the door. That's the idea. So, Mark, uh, I want to thank you again for making the time to come and visit us here for our our podcast. I know you don't come to Nevada uh, that often, but when you come, you always make it a point to stop and say hi. So thank you again. Any final thoughts for our listeners today before we bring the podcast to an end? I'm just lucky to get to work with, with you and another 3,000 of my employees that, that really do make a difference every day. And that here, here you know, I hope that, that everybody does recognize that frontline services are essential services. You've been a great partner making sure everybody understands that. And it really is our, our team together that's making a difference here in Las Vegas. Well, thank you, uh, Mark, to you and the entire Equus organization. And so that's it for today's uh, WC podcast. Thank you for joining us in this episode. We hope you join us in a future one. Until next time, stay safe.